anybody in the building that understands. Yes. question for you this morning. Back from me. Is there anybody in the building that's ever been in a battle? I don't hear nobody in here today. Is there anybody in the building that can say, I've been in a battle? I ain't talking about we going back and forth with each other, but I'm talking about a battle. Is there anybody in the building that understands what I'm saying today? When you look your adversary in the face and you really didn't know how this thing was going to turn out. You knew deep down on the inside of you that if God didn't step in, Lord, have mercy. You knew deep down on the inside if God didn't show up right when he did. Ain't no telling where you'd be right now. Is it anybody in the building that's been in a battle? Lord, have mercy. Come on, I need y'all to make some noise in here today. You shouted in the club, surely you can shout in church. Amen. Come on. Is it anybody in the building that's been through something that... That you didn't look like you was going to be able to come out of it. And everybody counted you off. But because he never loses, Lord, have mercy. Y'all don't feel me in here today. Because he never loses. I'd understand if you didn't get excited because you took a loss or two. I'd understand if you, got, you couldn't get excited because God has not shown himself faithful. But if God has shown himself faithful time and time and time and time and time and time again in your life, you ought to be giving God a praise. Amen. Lord, have mercy. You had the legal right to have lost your mind a long time ago. But because God is faithful, because he never, never loses a battle, you're able to say, I'm sitting here in my... In my right mind, I might be wounded, but I'm still in the game. <laughs> you do understand? Anybody know what I'm talking about today? I, I might walk with a limp, but I'm still walking. Is it? Yeah. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Every now and again, I feel a pain from what I've been through, but I'm still here. Y'all don't hear me up here. <laughs> and what gives me, what makes me feel good is when he, they say something like, and he never will, and he never will. <laughs> And he never will, and he never will, and, and he never will, and he never will. And I don't know about nobody else in here, but, but because of who I serve, I understand uh, that yesterday's battle might be over. Uh, but there's a fresh battle waiting on me today, uh, and there'll be a battle waiting on me tomorrow. Uh, but I ain't got to worry, uh, because he never will. He never will. He never Oh, God, y'all don't hear me. Up in here, he will never lose a battle. Lord, have mercy. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Yep. Amen. This is, we've had a week, haven't we? Uh, we've had a week. But I don't know about nobody else, but I ain't been tripping. Amen. I've been to Walmart. <laughs> I've been to Kroger. You understand what I'm saying to you? I got my hair cut. You understand what I'm saying to you? I, I've been to work. And I said, you know what? If I can make all those places, I know I'm going to be in the house. Uh, somebody talk to me in here today. Oh, well, funny. I've see, I seen a whole lot of saints in Walmart, too. But now, all of a sudden, it's Sunday. Corona matters. Come on and talk to me up in here. <laughs> now it's Sunday. Now, now, now we got to be careful. Now, now it's Sunday. Now we got, we got to be smart. Now, now that it's Sunday, now we got to fall back and we're going to listen to CDC. But let me tell you something. I listen to a God that has never failed. And in Psalms 91, he says, the plagues may come, but they will not get near. Can anybody talk to me? And <laughs> I, I, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. I want to show you the pretenders. I want to show you the pretenders, and you got to be careful of the pretenders in this season. Amen. You know, you was at Walmart, and you was, you know, you was, you was here, and you was there. You was washing your car, and you got your hair did, and all of that. But Sunday coming, you can't come to church because you're being careful. Those are pretenders. I want you to understand that those are pretenders. Amen. And it's time that we put those, the spotlight on those pretenders. Now, if you've got a serious, if, you, if, you've been, if you've been hiding, if you've been you know, hiding low since this thing broke out, I understand. I ain't got nothing to say to you. You elderly, I ain't got nothing to 
say to you, if you've got a sickness that can cause you some serious damage, if this thing gets a hold of you, I ain't got nothing to say to you. But for those that was in the club, come on, somebody. For the, <laughs> we worried about Corona, but we're dealing with these STDs every day. These spiritually transmitted diseases. <laughs> All right, let me behave. That's why people don't join the church now. Amen. We bless God for everything that has happened thus far in the building. Amen. Let's give a God, let's give God a hand clap of praise for his praise team. Amen. Amen. We bless God for uh, the praise team. We bless God for the musicians. Amen. And uh, amen. And, and, and because the Lord has been having me deal with things so that the enemy can't get leverage in it. And so you saw the new praise team too in here singing your hearts out so beautifully and, and, and some of you know because we got to deal with everything because Satan is busy and so some might not have saw was sitting back going where was the, where's a couple of the older people well well y'all know one is sick and can't be here and, amen and we, we got the songs out so late the other one couldn't sing and practice so so sometimes you just got to go ahead and tell people what's going on so so the devil don't get no hand in it amen because what I believe is going on right here is a move of God. You understand what I'm saying to you? Now, just call me crazy, but you know, I've been, I, I, I was spiritual before they told us we had to be. You understand? So, so, so what blows my mind is that uh, the Lord blesses us with an awesome team. Awesome team. Singers, music to go along with our already awesome team. Amen. And then all of a sudden, Corona strikes. When everybody should be here today experiencing what we just experienced, all of a sudden, you understand what I'm saying to you? Something that would give people confidence to see that what God is doing. If God begins to deposit things into the ministry, it's because he understands that it's good ground. You understand what I'm saying to you? And on a week where everybody should be here, now we're worried about a situation, an epidemic. Amen. I want to say this real quickly to those that are on social media and then we're going to get busy. Uh, that belong to this house because we're, we're, we're on our page, my page now, so we're all over. But for those of you that belong to this house and you're not elderly and you're not sick, you have been trained better. You have been trained better. Amen. And I bless God for everyone that came out today, wasn't going to play games with our salvation, wasn't going to play games with God, wasn't going to use anything as an excuse to take off today. I bless God to see all of you in the house. In fact, give yourselves a hand clap. Amen. I dare somebody just declare, I ain't scared. <laughs> I've chosen ahead of Neff's Children's Church. Amen. Amen. We bless God. scared in the streets and I was rolling with people that would leave me. I was rolling with people that could die. How dare I get into the house of the Lord to experience this awesome Jesus and then be afraid. For the last couple of weeks, uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with winning the race. This situation about winning the race. But something hit me last night as I began to work on this and it had me thinking deep for a while. Here's a thought that, that, that God put on my heart and it blew me away. The Holy Spirit said, you cannot win a race that you are not competing in. <laughs> you cannot win a race that you are not competing in. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm guilty of jumping the gun. And so maybe I should have started the sermon to you running the race and then getting to the, the next section of it, which would have been winning the race. The Spirit went on to minister to me that winning is not an option when you're not in the competition. And what we have in this 21st century is a whole lot of churches filled with a whole lot of people that think that they are winning the race, who believe that they are on the right track, when in reality, we're not even at the right stadium. May I suggest to you, as an example, that you might feel, and you might get where I'm coming from, and, and, and I want to say this, don't trip and, 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 and get all over yourself, I just simply thank God that you see it, I want you to see it, amen, and if you see it, I want you to make a note of it, and then after that, let's be intentional about getting it together, so I got a couple of questions, y'all know how I get down, I got a couple of questions, have you since knowing God, since being Uh, I, I said this. 
that was unsaved and so unsaved that you yourself even questioned if you were really saved. Anybody ever, anybody ever been caught in that situation that since you've been saved, you've done some things that have made you question your own salvation. Is there anybody in the building that would be honest with me today? Is that all right? Amen. Amen. I'm talking about uh, left you saying that if I was saved, then surely I wouldn't have done that. saved and, and have you been a habitual sinner since you've given your life to God? This is going to get, uh, don't get quiet on me, but this is going to get to the point, I promise. Have you been a habitual sinner, meaning habitual meaning done or doing something constantly as a habit? So in other words, let me just break it down. I was here from, you know, how's it going? Since you have been saved, in other words, uh, if you've been relational, yeah, that's very funny. If you've been relational with someone that's not your husband or your wife, and you're relational all the time, and you know that it's wrong, but you still continue to do it habitually all the time, that means that you are not in the race. In fact, it means that you're not even in the safe place. Now, now I want to I want to say something to everyone in this building, uh, to those that are here on a regular basis. You you know, uh, you will know this to be true. And what I'm about to say is, will probably leave you hopefully leave you thinking about some things. And what I want to say is, if you take some notes, write them down, and, and decide to think and decide to think about it, and then try some of the things that I suggest today. You're going to experience some hell. You're going to experience some hell. The enemy is going to send you some demonic distractions. Yeah, they're going to come to you. And the attacks are going to be real. So real that you you might decide, and we've seen this before, uh, you might decide right then and there that you are going to back away from listening to me. I'll show up, but I'm not going to do what he say, because when I do what he say, all hell breaks loose in my life. Because even though what he's saying is on point, I haven't been through hell like that in a while. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But can I tell you that sometimes hell is good. Hell oftentimes indicates that you are on point and right where you need to be, right where you are supposed to be, and the last place that the enemy wants you to be. Having to go through it, having to go through hell, having to endure it, what I mean is oftentimes uh, when the enemy sends hell your way, it's because the enemy recognizes that you are contemplating real change. And you can sing dope and you can play awesome and you can preach off the hook and the devil ain't worried about that. And you can go to a church and, and you can be sold out to the church because he ain't worried about you being sold out to church. He's more concerned with you being sold out to Jesus. You can go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and you can tithe like crazy and he's not worried about that. But what he's worried about is real change. And the enemy doesn't want that. And he will do everything in his power to stop that from happening. This explains and uh, why in times past when you, you would be serious about pursuing God, uh, your people start tripping. Your, 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 your woman, your boo, your bae, they start tripping. Can we, can we just talk about that for a minute? See, see your flesh itself is a portal. And, and it doesn't want to be saved. And since we all have a flesh, on any given day, we can all be a portal. And a portal is simply a doorway or a gate or some type of huge entrance. And the enemy uses portals to get to you. The flesh doesn't want to be saved. And if you're not saved, please believe me, you are a portal. And if your mate or somebody that you are connected to, or even if it's just one of your friends or family members, if they're not saved, please believe me, they are a portal to you. And this explains why you can have an awesome time in service. This explains why you can experience the Shekinah glory. You, you, you can know that it was real. That thing hit you. There was no, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. There was no doubt in your mind. What you experienced in service was real. And then all of
sudden, as soon as you walk out the door, all hell breaks loose in your life. Folks that you are connected to begin to act like they done lost their mind. And because their foolishness has rubbed you all the way the wrong way, now you find yourself out of character. You ain't been out of church an hour, but you all the way out of character. And why? Because the enemy's plan to use your spouse, use your friends, use your family members as a portal, as an entrance or access to get to you has been successful. This is why it is so very important that you know and not just know but memorize scripture. Because the, that when that spouse begins to come up against you, uh, you are reminded in Ephesians 6 and 12 when it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, against this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. If I am able to remember who and what it is that I'm dealing with, I then begin to operate biblically because, and, and, and do as Paul did daily. We die to the flesh daily. And if the flesh is dead, then you ain't got nothing to work with. The problem in the 21st century church is we got too much flesh that ain't been killed. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing about that. And when I begin to talk about flesh being killed, we're not just talking about sex. <laughs> you operating in your flesh when you got diabetes, but you're still eating pie. <laughs> ouch, ouch myself. Operating in your flesh, you understand what I'm saying to you, when you spend what you know you don't got. See, see, and the enemy keeps on making you think that if we, when we talk about the flesh, we talk about sex. And the reason why we think about sex is because that's what a lot of us are caught up with. But, 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 but you got to come outside that box and you realize that it's the small boxes. It's those things that you don't see that's destroying your mind. So, if I'm able to remember... Who I'm against. I'm able to remember how to fight. And if the flesh is dead, then it's dead. And you can't, and you can try all you want. But because my flesh is dead and my spirit is of God, I no longer operate in retaliation as one who is without God, but rather as one who knows exactly who he or she is. Ah, isn't it hard to remember whose you are in the heat of somebody talking crazy to you? Isn't it hard to remember whose you are when somebody's disrespecting and lying on your name? Isn't it hard to stay safe, as the text says, when you know that you are being done wrong and folks don't care nothing about it? We have a, a thing going on in the 21st century church, uh, and, 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 and the reality is we have a whole lot of, that's why I don't got preacher friends, but we got a whole lot of faulty leaders in the 21st century church who operate from a faulty doctrine. And as a consequence, church buildings are full with a lot of faulty people. And if you are going to be real with yourself and just saying, you know, I, you know, what I haven't been is in the race for a while. If you get to the place where you can say, I'm real, so I'm going to admit I haven't been in the race for a while, then I applaud your honesty. But now it's time to strip away every, strip away every weight and sin that so easily besets you and get your tail back in the race. And you understand that, that some of you that have been called to be, to be an example to your families. Some of you have been called to be examples to your co-workers. Some of you have been called to be examples to folks that you don't even like. Oh, y'all don't hear me in here. You, you, you know that some of your greatest ministry is not going to be to your sister. Some of your greatest ministry is not going to be to the people that you like. Anybody can preach to somebody you love. But when you can preach to people who you understand can't stand you, when you can preach to people who you know have lied on your name. When you can preach to people, you understand what I'm saying to you? When you can preach to people who you know would not even come to your funeral, that's when you know you are operating in the spirit of God. Oh, my mercy. Today, I will go quickly. I'm almost done already. You ain't going to catch nothing, see? <laughs> Today, <laughs> I would real quickly like to talk about real problem that we have in church today and this is the problem that, and the problem that I'm speaking of is not just a problem for the unity worship center but instead I believe that most churches around the world deal with it uh, but since I pastor here at unity I get a chance to see up close how this problem affects the whole ministry in 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 16 it says 
Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what argument, oh, I'm sorry, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, now what I would like to suggest here today that one, if not the great one of, if not the greatest problem that we're having in the 21st century church is that today's believer has been found guilty of claiming saved, yet taking on the mindsets and behaviors of unbelievers. Can I just say that, I guess if I was going to restrict, you know, uh, winning the race of the title, um, you can't have it both ways. How about that? You, you can't have it both ways. You can't go to McDonald's and get a Whopper. <laughs> uh, they, they have this thing on Facebook. I can't remember what it's called, but it tells you of all of the events that's going on in an area that's close to you. And it gives you the option to say if this interests you or not. And then it also gives you the, op the option to tell you if, it, if the person is going. You, so, so what happens is all the time I get these notifications and, and, I, and I don't care. I don't know why they, they, they put them on my thing, but I get these notifications or pop-ups that let me know that one or more of my friends on Facebook is interested or they're going. Now, now when I first started learning about this page, because I'm not really computer savvy, but when I began to learn about this page, I, I guess that's what it would be called, a page, um, I would see people from the church that was interested in an event. And I would automatically just assume that, you know, this is going to be a church program, you know, or, or I would see people outside of the church, but I knew that they were saved, that they were saved. And I was like, oh, shoot, well, they must be doing a play. They must be going to a play. Oh, they must be going to a concert. Let me see what's popping off. And, and, and then I, I punch on what they're going to see. <laughs> and uh, it would be to my surprise, like, I think it was about a year ago, uh, everybody went to, it was a whole lot of saved people that went to Snoop Puff Puff Pass. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 and what blew my mind was, and here's the tripped out part about it. When you push, you're going, you're telling people. Oh, Lord. Now, my, my pastor's on my page. Oh, God, am I talking to people. See, see, this is what we've lost. We've lost the, see, I remember back in the day when the pastor would walk in the room, everybody would get nervous. But because the pastor is so busy trying to be like, the flock, be down with the flock, roll with the flock, the pastor's power is anemic in the church nowadays. That's why when people come and deal with me, they look at me like I'm cross-eyed because I am a dying breed. Amen. So, 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 so here's what gets me. They, 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 you know, they, they're going to this concert, and what blew my mind was you had pastors on the Facebook page defending themselves being there. I, I, I went, but I didn't puff. Hold on, wait a minute. You must be I, I know if you smoking weed three deep in a car, you ain't you can be the fourth person in there and you gonna get out the car high. It's called it's, it's called a contact. <laughs> so 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 but the Bible says don't let your good be evil spoken of. But we had pastor defending while they was there. We, we got this, don't, don't trip, I got, I got something a little, that was a little sooner. Uh, uh, then, then I saw some, not recently, it was much recently, and I don't know if it's past or whatever, but I was just like, huh, uh, I saw some people were going to the No Limit concert. And, and they said, they said, you know, ah, oh, shoot, Master P was that thing back in the day, I'm going, I'm going to that. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, you don't even pay your tithe. <laughs> you don't even pay your tithe, but you're going to pay somebody some, for something that's going to send you to hell. Maybe it's me. I'm just tripping. But let me show you how evil the people are supposed to be. The, the lawmakers are. Uh, they, they, and, and you know what's the setup is that they let an illegal event happen in one of the most known buildings.
the city and didn't nobody go to jail. But more shocking to me was the number of people from churches all over this city that said if they was not going, they was at least interested. How you going to be interested in something you're supposed to be done? Let me ask you that again. How are you going to be interested in something that you're supposed to be done with? The Bible tells us uh, they call ourselves Christians in the book of Colossians 3, verses 2 through 3. Uh, it says, set your mind on the things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. I'd I, I like to read those verses in the Amplified. It said, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, and not on the things that are on the earth, which has uh, only temporal value. For you died to this world, and your new, real life is hidden in Christ. So hold on. So, so what he's saying is that life before Christ ain't even real. How many of you remember before you were saved? How many games was played in that world? And how many of you understood that once you got saved and you took on the things of God for real, how much your life before Christ was nothing but a game? Even Paul said, let me tell you something. I count everything up until the time that I met Jesus dumb. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? I, I suppose that I knew nothing before I met the Lord. The Bible tells us to set our minds on heavenly things, but also to keep focused habitually on those things that are above. God wants us to make a habit of being focused on nothing but him. He doesn't want us focusing on the things of this world because we are not of this world. Remember, we just in it, but we're not of it. And because we are not of the world, everywhere we go, we, there should be a visible difference between us and them. We shouldn't find funny what they find funny, and we shouldn't agree with their ungodly thoughts. I, I was just thinking to myself a couple of months ago, uh, it was a couple of months back, uh, I had seen some things and I said, man, that like button is going to send a whole lot of people to hell. That like button is going to send a whole lot of people to hell. It, it, you might be surprised to know how many so-called godly people hit the like button to so many ungodly things. What we need to understand is Facebook's like button is equivalent to the church's amen. Amen, meaning to agree. And when you read and like something that is associated with sin, please understand you just supported sin. You saved, but you supported sin. Some of us not want to be gang members in California because we would be dead quick. <laughs> Let me suggest something. Have you ever stopped to think that the reason to walk with Christ is so hard for some of us is because we have yet to put down the world's mentality? And as long as we continue to keep the world's mentality, it's going to continue to birth mentality. Those mentalities are going to continue to birth actions and behaviors. It's going to continue to birth actions and behaviors. This walk ain't hard. We make it hard because we are rebellious. We make it hard because we're disobedient. You said your job was hard until you understood it. Once you understood it, you loved it. But see, the problem is we're looking for God to be Santa Claus, not necessarily the Savior. I want you to save me, but I really don't want to fool with you. I want your glory, but I really don't want to fool with you. I want your money. I want your blessings, but I really don't want to fool with you. I want your good health, but I really don't want to fool with you. And so, and so when we get to the point to where we're, we're done trying to pimp God for a minute, one night stand God, when we get serious about the things of God, then life will begin to change seriously about us. If you're a chronic alcoholic claiming that you want to get sober, the first thing you're going to have to do is decide not to go to the liquor store. But that won't be enough. You'll have to shed your old alcoholic buddies because their presence, their stench, it, it, it all reminds you of what you are trying to get away from. Can I just go ahead and say this? Stop saying you're trying to be saved if you're still hanging with people that's in mess that you know ain't of God. You, you ain't witnessing. <laughs> and, and, and please believe me and believe me, please. When, 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 when you own one thing, doing one thing. That ain't of God, and then, and then two days later, you want some other stuff trying to spread scripture. People ain't taking your walk for real. People ain't taking your walk for real. In fact, you make it easy for people who would like to believe, and they're watching you, and they're watching you so that they can believe, so they can get stronger. See, some, some of you are going to be the only Bible that anybody ever reads, and you make it easy for people to, to stay in sin. 
some of you have been given God-given influence, and you are influencing people to hell. They say like uh, you hear things like this. Uh, you know, I hear them say the craziest things when it comes to God and the world. I hear people get real bold. You know, people get nasty. Even with me, they get nasty with me. They say, you know, you know, you tell them why you need to stay away from this person. You need to stay away from that person. And then you tell them why. And they know you ain't right. They know you ain't wrong. They know you ain't lying. But they upset. Why are they upset? Because they really don't want to leave that person alone. They don't really want to leave that situation alone. And they say stuff like. Uh, 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 you hear things like, that's been my partner forever. That's been my friend. For, that's been my, that ain't your family. You ain't even kin to me. Ain't, stop lying. I'm not, I'm not just going to turn my back on my family. <laughs> but you don't mind turning your back on God. Hmm. And, and, and they say, and they say, and they say uh, uh, things like, you know, Je- they say these things like Jesus is going to be like, you know what? You're right. Okay. Bring your sinful friends, your sinful self. Your sinful family, because I don't want to lose, I can't lose you. Please understand this, God will not see you and make exceptions. And when you begin to speak that way, you begin to become someone that Paul was speaking of in Romans chapter 1, when he says at 1 and 25, as who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worship and serve the creator rather, uh, and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. Please understand something. Whatever you refuse to walk away from that is contrary to God and his word is what you worship. Let me say that again. Whatever you refuse to walk away from that is contrary to God and his word is what you worship. So for real, for real, uh, all over the world today, a lot of people are in the wrong place. Because the church is one of the places that we come to worship God, amen? But for real, for real, for a lot of us, we just need to go to the weed spot. Because that's our God. Uh, For a lot of us, we need to go find the one that we laid up with last night. Mm -hmm. Because that's our God. The one that we lay up with habitually, sinfully, because that's our God. Maybe we just need to go find a whole, maybe we just need to get to go get an apartment and, and, and everybody just hang out in the apartment. And that's where you should be on Sunday because those people, their approval of you, that's your God. That's important to you. Oh, maybe we should just all disappear and go to work. Oh, for sure, work be most of our God. Maybe, maybe, just maybe everybody come out here and empty your pockets and we just sit around the money because the money is your God. Anything that is contrary to the word of God that comes up against the word of God, but you walk away from the word of God for it, that is what you worship. Oh, help me. Please understand. And we see it all the time. When you see a drug addict, you see someone who has another God. When you see a man or a woman who is consumed with fornication or adultery, you see someone with another God. When you say you don't care what the pastor, what the word, or anyone else says, uh, you're going to be around who you're going to be around, and you're going to do what you're going to do, that is who you're going to be around, and what you're going to do is your God. That's who and what you worship. Man, let's stop playing games. Why meet and not be saved? Why meet and not be changed? Why meet and stay the same? Can we just go ahead and be for real? Is there is there a remnant of people in the room that says, you know what? I know the world got a whole other form of the gospel. I know the world has a whole other church right here in the earth realm, but I am deciding that I want to be the church for real. And it ain't many of us. It ain't many of us, and that's why it's hard. It ain't many of us, and that's why we, it's easy to stray away from it. And when you hear teachings like this, you be making up. You know, I have watched people make up in their mind while they're sitting here watching me. He's going to be preaching like this, and I ain't coming back. Then don't come back, because here's how we're going to be preaching a way, a message, a, a sermon, a, a, a gospel to get you to the kingdom of God. Got too much hell going on. My daughter's too young not to preach the truth. You've got children and grandchildren, grandchildren on the way. That You understand, this thing's got to be for real. And the school system ain't showing it to them for real no more. Oh, Lord, how much? The TV, Nickelodeon ain't showing it real no more. Disney is now dangerous for our babies. 
Lord, connect me with people that are real. We've got to get to the point. We've got to get to the point to where we worship who's supposed to be worshipped. This is not the army. You don't get to come in here on the buddy-buddy system of church. <laughs> God asked a question. You remember the army used to go on the buddy-buddy system? And, you know, y'all, you know, you was cool. You didn't mind going to the army because you knew you had somebody with you. That's how we walk in church. You know, you walking in like such and such is bringing such and such in. No, such and such is holding such and such up. They hung over. I ain't seen you going there, did you? <laughs> Come in here on the buddy-buddy system. I have watched people bring people to this church mentor them in this church, lose their salvation themselves, turn around and destroy the people that they brought. My God, y'all don't hear me in here. That's why we have to be as leadership in the ministry. When we see people bring new people in, we got to say, oh, thank you. Come on here. We, they'll call you. They'll call you. Sit over. We ought to have a sit over that section. <laughs> Good looking out, but we got a prepared section. Amen. What's it called? Over. <laughs> Think about this. How, how many of you know that you operate with some influence over your life? Some of you came with that. I know, I know some of y'all. I'm, I'm, I got some of y'all on my page. I know. Y'all be saying stuff, get 87 likes and 64 likes. It don't even be nothing. Serious. Y'all just, you know, woo, good to wake up today. 48 likes. Why do you get that? You got this influence, though, to do something with it. To whom much is given, much is he didn't bless you with all that he blessed you with so you will be a, a curse to the blessing. Oh, God. I'm almost done, I promise. He asked some questions. He asked some questions. Give me 12 minutes. What fellowship has righteousness with his lawlessness? And what communion has light? Communion has light with darkness. And what accord has righteousness? What has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? He says, what are these things? And stop talking this crap about, you know, I'm just trying to get them saved. They've been in your life for a year. They've been on your page for a year. And they ain't been to church. They ain't got saved. They ain't, they, they still cussing. They still crazy. They still off the hook. That is not your ministry. That's not your responsibility. And you keep them around because you are the spirit connect. Sin is supposed to bother us. Sin is supposed to make you say, you know what, I got to get up out of this. Now you, think, uh, you oh, now you brand new. Thank you, you get it, I'm new. He that, is in, he that is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You're right, I don't get down like this no more. So, so, so stop being offended when people tell you you're new. And, and tell them, thank you, I'm glad you see it. Now you brand new. Thank you, you get it now. In short, he's asking you, what are you who claim to be saved, who claim to be my people? What are you doing with people who don't believe in me? What are you doing with people who don't want me? Can I just go ahead and say this in 2020? Stop lying and acting like people don't know about Jesus. People, people in this area, in your area, they know about Jesus. If you live in Lexington, Kentucky, you have heard about Jesus. Even if they waved it off, they've heard of, They don't want So what are you doing around them? Because you being around them is not shifting or changing or transforming anything. But more and more what we see is you're beginning to be more like them than them supposed to be like you. So if you're going to win this race, you're going to have to shed some of that weight, baby. And you're going to have to grow up. And you're going to have to get serious. Because crowns don't go to clowns. Crowns go to those that's down for real. Amen? Could you get my Bible to me real quick? I want to read you something, and we're done. We're out. Acts chapter 20. I was studying this week, and then I saw this. It told me to go to it. Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 26. And if you got your phone, you might not have this version of the Bible. It's the CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible. And I want to read you something, and, and I want you just to like, and we, we read it. We read it Wednesday night, and it was amazing. I'm going to tell you something. We read it. And, and, I, and I believe the enemy got so upset, he shut the power off. 
Now, some of y'all are going to say, he, he, well, that happened over in my house. That's how powerful it was. It was he shut it off even over your house. <laughs> no, 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 I need the other one. I need the other one. I need the big one. I need the big one. You got your Fitbit on? See, when you walk in this walk through, you walk around with two pistols. <laughs> we walked around in the street, amen. You, you, you better walk around with them in the spirit. So, so, so let me go ahead. Here we go. <clears throat> However, from Miletus, he, he sent word to Ephesus, and he summoned the elders of the church to meet him there. And when they arrived, he said to them, and I want you to, I want you to get this, okay? Because this is, this is, this is, this is a coin that's very well uh, understood, okay? You know well how I lived when I was with you. From the first day that I set foot in Asia until now, I served the Lord with all humility and with tears and a cloud which came on me because of the plots which you against me. You know how I did not shrink back in fear from telling you anything that was for you to your benefit, or from teaching you in public meetings, or and from house to house, solemnly and wholeheartedly testifying to both Jews and Greeks, urging them to turn in repentance to God and to have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And now compelled by the Spirit and obligated by my conviction, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly and emphatically affirms to me in city after city that imprisonment and suffering awaits me. But I do not consider, get this, now y'all listen to this, because this is powerful right here. He says, this is a man about to die. He says, but I do not consider my life as something of value or dear to me, so that I may with joy finish my course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify faithfully of the good news of God's precious, undeserved, it is undeserved grace, which makes us free of guilt and sin and grants us eternal life. And now, listen carefully, I know that none of you among whom I, who I went about preaching the kingdom will see me again. For that reason, I testify to, to you on this, our party. Today, that I am innocent of the blood of all people, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose and plan of God. Take care and be on guard for yourselves and for the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd, to tend, to feed, guide the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. I know that after I am gone, get this, false teachers like ferocious wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse and distorted, distorted things, to draw away the disciples after themselves as their followers. Therefore, be continually alert, remembering that for three years, night or day, I did not stop admonishing and advising each one of you with tears. Now, I commend you, I commend you to God, placing you in his protective, loving care, and I commend you to the word of his grace that counts over the promises of his unmerited favor. His grace is able to build you up and to give you the rightful inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That is among those who are set apart for God's purpose. All believers, I had no desire for anyone else's silver or gold or expensive clothes. You know personally that these hands ministered to my own needs working in manual labor and to those of the people who were with me and everything I showed you by example that by working hard in this way you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said himself it is more blessed and brings greater joy to give than to receive and when he had said all of these things he knelt down and prayed with them all give me 37 you got 37 up there? He knelt down. You got to go right there. Come on. Oh, you got it? You got it. And there were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced.
face Paul and they kissed him. And the tears was because they knew they would never would be fed and would never be comforted again. If you do the math on the books, we're heading into Second Timothy, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. And in, first, in Titus and 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, what you find is Paul, this awesome leader, he is, he is pressed for time. Johnny, he knows it's almost up on the clock. And he begins to talk to, he's talking to Paul and he's talking to, I mean, he's talking to Timothy and he's talking to Titus and he's talking to them with urgency because I got to give you what I got to give you because I don't have much time left. This is a man that, that says he understands that he is headed to his own death and he understands that his death is going to be by decapitation and he ain't tripping because he understands that to be absent from the body is to be present with it. He is our today, our cloud of witness. He's somebody that we can look at and, and, and begin to look back at our lives and we can look at Paul's and look at our lives and, and, and remember what he says, I will never see you again. What, what, what would we do? If we walked in here and we looked at each other and we knew that we would not make it back the next Sunday. And, 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 and get this, we were not going to die because of something crazy. We're not, we're not going to die because of something that we was caught up in. We're dying because of this Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why the enemy is not afraid of the church is because the church is just the church. We've messed around and put ourselves in debts, and so, and so we're more caught up with making money than we are with making souls. And the enemy is having his way all around the city because we're chasing our tail, trying to pay off things that we don't even need. When all you need is that book, all you need is his spirit. And the enemy is not worried about anybody that does not have a relationship with God. If you do not bask in the presence of the Lord, Satan is not worried about you. And you've been trying to figure out, I've been going to church for years, but why is it that he's so easy to attack me? Because you ain't working with nothing. But today, I challenge everyone in the building, I challenge you to take on the mindset of Paul. And when he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, I have fought a good fight. I ran the race. Let me ask you, how are you running the race today? Be 100 with yourselves. And if you ain't where you're supposed to be in God, don't trip about that. Because the Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. The, the, the shame is not in falling. The shame is in staying down. How many of you today are ready? Ready. To be that army that the old folk used to testify about. Ready for the battlefield of the Lord. Ready to be in the army of the Lord. Ready to forsake everything for this great gospel that we have. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing just to walk out of here and everybody begin to witness to everybody that came into contact? Wouldn't it be amazing that the people that you've been worried about for years on the strength of where you put yourself in Christ, you stop playing games with God. Wouldn't it be amazing if you witnessed to them at the table and, and the next day they were in church with you giving their life to Jesus for real? Can I tell you a passionate witness makes for a real, makes for a real salvation? A passionate witness makes for a real salvation. We've got too many people to come out of the church witnessing People doing it like this. I feel you. I know that's right. God ain't worried with me. I know, I know you're right. Come on. It's time to turn things around today. If there's anybody in the building today who desires a relationship with Jesus, a real relationship, I, I started something a couple of years ago. And I said, I know, I know you've probably been saying you're saved. I know you've been saying that you have a relationship with God, but let's just do something great. If, if, if you'll just be 100 with yourself, you know, and, and just think about your life and your lifestyle, and, 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 and I want you to ask yourself, are you, are you saved for real? 
Are you saved according to what grandmama said or are you saved according to the word? Are, are you saved according to what mama said or are you saved according to the word? Are you saved about, you know, at the same level as your partners are, but not saved by the word? I'm talking about in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the madness, in the middle of this, this epidemic, the world calls it. Wouldn't it be amazing to say, I'm just going to get on the right side. I'm going to get on the right side. I'm going to get on the right side. I got some people in my life. Number one, I need to get saved for me. But I got some people in my life that I know I have influence over. And if I begin to do this thing right, Lord, have mercy. I got some people coming up, Lord, have mercy. And they're my everything. And if I begin to do this thing right, then I'll see fruit. I'll see fruit from them young. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to heaven not knowing that everything that I'm connected to is okay. Everything that I'm connected to got to be okay. So I don't got time to be playing saved. I don't got time to be playing I'm with Christ. I have to know. If I don't know nothing else, if you don't know nothing else, you got to know that if your head was to grow cold tonight, that heaven is your home. If you have anybody in the building today, that has not given themselves over to our Lord. This is what I just said, gave yourself over to. That means that when you got in the arms of Christ, you will see no more. The Bible says it is no longer I that you see, but it is the Christ that is living in me. So if we have anybody in the building today that has not given themselves over to Jesus, today is the day that you decide, I want to win this race. It's not enough just to run it. It's not enough just to be a part of it. I'm tired of being in the wrong stadium, in fact. I want to win. I want to win the race. The altar can be in stationed. Come forward, please.